Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our worship podcast on this third Sunday of the Easter season. It's great to have all of you with us in your homes or wherever you gather to listen to this podcast. As always, just a couple of announcements to remind you that at 10 a.m. every Sunday morning, there is Sunday school, as always, here at Rolling Bay Presbyterian Church. It's just not in the facility. It is on Zoom, and most of you should have received an email from Molly each week to remind you that we gather on Zoom uh, at 10 a.m. each Sunday morning. Last Sunday, I believe we had 19 kids there, so it's working for many, and we hope you will join us. Also at four in the afternoon, our youth group gathers. Courtney sends out emails each week, so please join us for that. And on uh, Tuesday mornings, uh, Reverend Aaron Grayson is leading our women's group, continuing to uh, study in that group. You're also welcome to join there. There are many opportunities to participate at Rolling Bay, even when we can't use our facility and even when we're staying home, and we hope that you will take advantage of those. But now it is time to worship together on this third Sunday of Easter, so let us prepare ourselves as we prepare to worship listening to this gathering song. As you are able, please stand and join us for the call to worship. May the joy of the risen Christ be with you and also with you. The Lord lifts our soul in every situation. The Lord turns our tears into dancing. To the one who is the Alpha and Omega and to the Lamb of God, be blessing and honor forever and ever. Amen. Please join us in singing Thine is the glory.
And now if you will join us for the unison morning prayer. Loving God, you make our lives utterly new each day. Your grace knows no bounds, therefore we turn to you. Sometimes we have rushed in where we should have gone gently. Sometimes we have stood back on the sidelines when we should have got involved. Other times we have grabbed for shallow happiness at the expense of others. Forgive us, help us become the people you know we can be. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Please take a moment of silent prayer. Friends, listen to the good news. And the good news is this. There is only one who has the power to condemn, and that one is Jesus Christ, our Lord. He lived for us, he died for us, and he rose for us. And through his life, death, and resurrection, and the power of the Holy Spirit, our lives can be lived anew each day under the forgiveness and love of God. So may the peace of Christ be with each one of you. And let us take a moment and offer peace to one another, both those in our homes as well as in our minds and in our spirits, to those who join us in our pews and in this sanctuary each Sunday. Peace to you. And peace to you. First reading today comes from the Gospel of John in chapter 21. I am reading from the message version of the Bible. Listen for God's word to you. After the resurrection, Jesus appeared again to the disciples, this time at the Tiberias Sea, the Sea of Galilee. This is how he did it. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed Twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the brothers Zebedee and two other disciples were together. Simon Peter announced, I'm going fishing. The rest of them replied, We're going with you. Then they went out and got into the boat. They caught nothing that night. And when the sun came up, Jesus was standing on the beach, but they didn't recognize him. Jesus spoke to them, Good morning. Did you catch anything for breakfast? They answered, No. 
He said, throw the net off to the right side of the boat and see what happens. They did what he said. All of a sudden, there were so many fish in it, they weren't strong enough to pull it in. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the master. When Simon Peter realized that it was the master, he threw on some clothes, for he was stripped for work and dove into the sea. The other disciples came in by boat, for they weren't far from the land, a hundred yards or so, pulling along the net full of fish. When they got out of the boat, they saw a fire laid with fish and bread cooking on it. Jesus said, bring some of the fish you've just caught. Simon Peter joined them and pulled the net to shore, 153 big fish. And even with all those fish, the net didn't rip. Jesus said, breakfast is ready. Not one of the disciples dared ask, who are you? They knew it was the master. Jesus took the bread and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus had shown himself alive to the disciples since being raised from the dead. Holy Wisdom, Holy Word.
And let the people say, Amen. Thanks as always to our choir and to all the musicians at this church. I know that at this time some of these choir pieces, or all these choir pieces and bell pieces are recorded, but I still greatly appreciate the effort and the desire to serve this congregation in their singing and in their work. And so we've taken the past and we've brought it into the present through recording, and it is still as beautiful as ever. So the second reading today comes from Psalm 131 in the message version. Listen for God's word to you. God, I am not trying to rule the roost. I don't want to be the king of the mountain. I haven't meddled where I have no business or fantasized grandiose plans. I have kept my feet on the ground. I've cultivated a quiet heart. Like a baby content in its mother's arms, my soul is a baby content. Wait, Israel, for God. Wait with hope. Hope now. Hope always. Holy wisdom. Holy word. Thanks be to God. So what do good parents who are arguing with their kids have in common with baseball pitchers, quarterbacks, warriors who are fighting on the front line, fantastic therapists, and incredibly good politicians who are interacting with the public and answering questions rapid fire? What do they all have in common other than the fact that they're human beings? What they have in common is that people who are fantastic pitchers, fantastic parents, fantastic warriors, and people who are in the mix in very difficult situations, what all those people have in common is that one of the things that gives people the opportunity to be excellent in all of those situations is that they have an uncanny ability to keep their heart rate normal and their blood pressure low. They can remain calm, and as the psalmist says, they can maintain a quiet heart in the midst of the most crazy situations. For those of us who have been starved for sports, we had record ratings this past week on the NFL draft, which is absolutely in some ways meaningless because they draft a bunch of players and the vast majority will never play in the NFL. But for those of us who wanted something live, well, we watched it in droves. But one of the things they couldn't do this year for quarterbacks is they couldn't bring those quarterbacks into their facilities and hook them up to all kinds of monitors that they put on their heart and in their back and then run them through a whole series of very different exercises to test how their heart and their blood pressure works when they're under extreme stress and extreme pressure. You see, there is an ability for some naturally under that kind of stress to remain calm. But for most of us, for most people, 
for parents who are confronted with very difficult circumstances with kids, for kids who have high test anxiety and struggle, even though they're very good students, but when they come into a major test and their heart rate is pulsing at such a rate, what they have to learn how to do is to cultivate a quiet mind and a quiet heart. Because if you allow your anxiety and if you allow your blood pressure to flood your brain, pulsing at a rate that is much higher than your normal resting rate, your brain will be taken over by the functions that don't allow it to think and to do well in a situation. They say great quarterbacks see the game very slowly. And they say that poor quarterbacks don't have the ability to look at all the various options in a matter of a second. It's the same with parenting. For those of you who've ever been a parent and had to deal with all of the issues that come your way, parents thrive when they can remain calm even when their teenagers are going off. And teenagers thrive in school and in relationships when they can maintain a sense of calm, even when everything around them is very different and brand new. We are living in that kind of time in some ways. We are living in an extended time period where we do not go out to see friends, where those of us who enjoyed a Friday night happy hour don't go out for a happy hour. And I don't really care what people say, a Zoom happy hour is not a happy hour. You might be able to get online with a few friends and drink a glass of wine, and it can be as good as it can be. But it's not like spending time having a good time at a local bar, sitting on the water, and enjoying time with your friends. It's not like going out and spending time playing 18 holes with your best friends. We are living in a different time, and one of the things that we need as Christians is the same thing that the psalmist talked about in Psalm 131. We need to develop over and over again the ability to quiet the heart, to calm the mind, to experience this moment not just as unique and different or boring or frustrating, but we need to calm the mind and the heart so that we can actually hear the voice of the Spirit speaking to us in our hearts with that ever-present, still, small voice that's whispering within us what God wants us to do and where God wants us to go in this time. The story that Dwayne Pitts read this morning is a totally unique story. There is only one story that I'm aware of where Jesus cooks and bakes there is no other story that I'm aware of, and maybe I just missed something, in Mark or Matthew or Luke, where Jesus sits down and cooks and makes bread. If you listen carefully, Jesus is there using the fire, making bread. And Jesus takes the fish, and I'm assuming he's somehow cooking it or frying it or doing something. It doesn't really give the details. It just says that Jesus is making 
breakfast. And in this story, Jesus is dealing with disciples, some five, six, seven of them, who have spent an entire night fishing, and it's been one of those nights where you work and you work and you work and you catch nothing. And then as they're kind of coming in, they see this person on the shore. We know it's Jesus. They don't. And the person calls out and says, throw your nets on the other side. Do something a little bit different. And of course, they could have responded with, why? We've spent an entire night fishing, working, and we've caught nothing. Why should we throw it on the other side? But Jesus just says, do it. And they do, and they catch, well, more than a boatload of fish. And they bring it all in, and they realize that the man standing at the shore is not just anyone. It's their Lord and Savior. It's Jesus. Once again, he has appeared in a situation that they do not expect. He's at the shoreline, and he's making breakfast. Can you hear the crackling of the frying fish? Can you see the master who's doing what more people are doing today than they've done in the last 25 years? They're home making bread, making bread, preparing it with their hands and putting it out on the table to feed and sustain the people in their homes. Jesus is doing the same thing. And as he gets that fish all fried, and as he gets that bread all ready for you and me, he then turns to each one of us and says in the message version, breakfast is ready. When's the last time in your spiritual life you heard the Holy Spirit and the voice of God turn to you in the midst of your work that is not producing what you want, when have you calmed down enough to hear the voice of God turn to you and say, breakfast is ready. The pancakes are ready. The bacon is fried. The vegetarian muffins are sitting on the table and they smell fantastic. God is turning to all of us in these moments, in these times, even when most of our lives are at home and saying, come, eat at my table, let me feed you because I have prepared a feast for you in the midst of this whole pandemic. The work of the Holy Spirit, the work of God in our lives, is not dependent upon whether our lives are doing very well or whether they are routine or whether we have fallen off a cliff and we don't know how far we are going to fall. In all moments, the routine, the good and the bad, the voice of God is speaking, is trying to reach out to each one of us and more than usual at this time, I think the voice of God is trying to say to each one of us, cultivate a quiet heart. Cultivate a quiet heart. Calm down. Look what's around you. 
See the opportunities that appear right in front of you, even if you've spent all of the last month with the same two or three people in the same house, or maybe you're all alone in your house and all you have is a phone that you're calling out to somebody, but most of the time you're alone, someone may be bringing you groceries or whatever, you don't have your natural social interaction, or maybe you're home in a Bainbridge Senior Living Center or other assisted living place and your family hasn't been able to come and visit you at this time, whatever that situation is, can you hear the voice of God saying, calm down, this time will pass, you still can hear my voice in the midst of this moment and you can be calm and you can respond well. A colleague of mine who is a pastor has a mother who had a stroke some 30 years ago. And like so many people who have had strokes, she lost a lot of her capacity to do the things that she loved to do. And she also lost the capacity to remember faces and use words and various things that she's no longer the person she was. But she still is an amazing woman. She lives in an assisted living facility and he goes to visit her once a week. And one of the things that she has not lost is her capacity to look at her son and say to him on a regular basis, everything is going to be all right. And so when he came to her several weeks ago, well actually now I guess it's about six or seven weeks ago, and he told her that he would not be able to come and visit her anymore, and she was a little bit confused, she didn't understand, well why can't you? And he tried to explain this whole pandemic and what was going on and that the assisted living facility would not allow family members to come in who were outside because of the infection and so forth and so on. She still didn't totally grasp what was going on, but as he said goodbye, she turned to him very clearly and said to him, son, everything will be okay. Even if you can't visit me, everything will be okay. I know that sometimes it's hard to hear that. It's hard to hear that everything will be okay. It's hard to hear that God is making breakfast for you when you think you want to take control and make breakfast for God. It's hard to hear sometimes in the midst of changes that what we have to do more than anything is to quiet our minds, cultivate a quiet heart, and do what we can in this moment, and to listen carefully at this time what the voice of the Spirit is moving us to say and to do so that we can be the people that God calls us, even as we stay at home, even as we do home repair projects, even as we struggle with Zoom and Google Hangouts and Microsoft Teams and all the video conferencing that in some ways connects us, the Lord God 
in his risen presence is still speaking clearly and we have the responsibility to do the best to clearly, quietly hear that voice and respond. I encourage you this week to not only just pray, but to find ways to quiet your mind, whether through meditation or prayer or other manners, so that you can hear the still, small voice of God speaking. That voice might not say, breakfast is ready, but that voice is speaking inside the quiet of your heart and your mind. Amen. And now I invite you to stand and sing with us when peace like a river.
And now, as is common in our worship and has been absent in the last couple of worship services recorded in this sanctuary, we have the prayers of the people. And we are fortunate to belong to a community that, even though we don't gather in this sanctuary, is praying for us. People are offering prayers for our lives, even though you don't see them. And people are thanking God for what you are doing and how you are living your lives. And so today we gather here, people have sent in prayers, and I'd like to start off a prayer of thanksgiving for one of our own, Pat Clemens, who was her birthday yesterday. You know Pat, she was in the choir for many, many years. She's been a part of this church for many, many years, and we would like to sing happy birthday to Pat Clemens. Nancy? This is a prayer from Nick Wheeler. Nick's wife, Maureen, has a sister named Jackie. Jackie was recently diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Please pray for Jackie's strength and resilience and for a full recovery. Please also pray for Maureen because with travel restrictions, she's feeling kind of low that she can't visit her sister at this time. Pat Todd has a prayer of thanksgiving. She has been caring for a friend who was under the power of alcohol addiction. The good news today is that her friend has 31 days of sobriety and is taking each day step by step. Her friend is slowly committing to exploring the new life of sanity and sobriety. Thank God. Sharon Acton would like prayers for one of our own choir members, Harry Green. He has been singing for almost 40 years in our choir. Harry has spent many days with a serious infection at Harrison Hospital. It is not COVID-19, but serious nonetheless. He ultimately needed a complex hernia operation as a result of cancer surgery some 30 years ago. He is finally doing better, so prayers for his continued recovery, and also prayers for his wife, Diane, who has not been able to visit due to the restrictions in place in every hospital. Rick, Britt, Rick Barr would like to offer prayers of thanksgiving for his good friend Chuck's recovery from a COVID-19 infection. Back in uh, Kentucky, Chuck was in the hospital for some 20 days. Excuse me, that was back in uh, uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Chuck was in the hospital for some 20 days. Eight of those days, he was on a ventilator and an induced coma. He is finally home, and he is slowly recovering. A prayer of thanksgiving to God from Lisa Biscom as well. Lisa's brother, Roger, was taken into the hospital recently and put on a ventilator with a COVID-19 infection. Thank God he has been taken off, and he is now recovering. He is, still has a long recovery ahead of him. I personally would like prayers for all those who have been infected, excuse me, not infected, but affected by unemployment as a part of this whole crisis. Uh, if you read my most recent pastoral letter that went out, 41% of my own family, of extended family, of members of my sister's family, 
are unemployed now. They were all employed prior to this, and they are no longer working. Please pray for them and pray for all those who've had their work and their gainful employment affected by this. Prayers of thanksgiving for Tom Irvin's company in Los Angeles. As you know, Tom Irvin was our stewardship chair, elder in this church. He is now down in Los Angeles. I've spoken with him once since he's been down there. And at first, as a part of this crisis, they didn't know what they were going to do because his company was not having any calls for people who need access transportation in that area. And they were possibly going to have to lay off a lot of people. But uh, one of the things that has happened is that access has now, in that area, taken over delivery of meals to people who are disabled and can't get out. So the access drivers have not lost their jobs. They are actually becoming a new Meals on Wheels for people who need food in the Los Angeles area. And they are partnering with Fox News, producing some 2,000 meals a day each day to take out to people in those areas. Thank God for that. A prayer of thanksgiving that I would also like to offer for Sharon and Nancy for making this unique experience of staying home more palatable and even enjoyable while listening to the worship podcast. This prayer comes from me, but also comes from Connie Silliman, who'd like to offer prayers of thanks for these worship services while we're all staying at home. If you have any prayers or anything that you would like to be a part of this service to thank God for or that you would like to offer a concern, something going on in your family or in this world, please do not hesitate to send me an email by Saturday at noon each week and we will incorporate those prayers as long as we are worshiping here in the sanctuary recording this podcast. But now, let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the army of doctors, for nurses, for people working in hospitals, for emergency responders, for first responders, for all the people who are essential workers working at this time to help us. We thank you for all of their labor and their desire to be of service to others at this time. Lord, we pray for those various teams who are out there looking for a vaccine and for various ways that we may find a cure for this infection. We pray that their work is fruitful and we pray that their work is fruitful fast. Lord, we ask for your blessing and guidance upon the many governors and mayors and politicians around this world who are having to make decisions, difficult decisions, to help their communities, to keep them safe, and to balance the needs of personal safety and economic viability. Lord, guide each one of them in the way that is best for their communities. Lord, we ask your blessing upon those today who are afraid, afraid to go to their doctors and their general practitioners, afraid to go to hospitals because they're uncertain about a COVID-19 infection. And we pray for all those practices, those general practitioners who have had their practices reduced by some 70% around this country because people are afraid to go to the doctor for the basic things that they used to go. Lord, guide us through and help us in these times. Lord, for the beautiful, beautiful sunshine today, we thank you how it feeds our soul and feeds our minds at this time. 
We thank you for all those people who are following the instructions to put on masks outside, to maintain a safe distance, whether they are in a grocery store or Costco. And we pray that as we continue to do this, that the virus in our midst and the infection rate will continue to drop as it is dropping, and the death rate will continue to go down in our county, in our state, and in our country. Lord, this is an uncertain moment. And so in this uncertainty, we ask that you increase our faith. Faith is what we need at this time, not to have all the answers, but faith that you will guide us through, even in uncertain moments when we cannot see our way clearly. And now together, let us pray the prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now let us take a moment to offer our resources to God. The plates will not obviously be passed in the sanctuary, but we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your continued generosity, your giving through the mail and your mailing checks, and your continued use of our online giving. Thank you for that generosity that continues to allow us to provide the ministry here at Rolling Bay Presbyterian Church. Please continue to give generously.
Lord God, we thank you for the lives that you give us. We thank you that we have the opportunity to serve you in home and in this community. And so we pray that as we give you our lives here in worship, and we ask that you will use us, that you will use us in ways that not only are normal and routine, but that you will use us in ways that surprise even us. This we pray in Christ's name. Amen. And now please stand and join us in singing our final hymn, What a Fellowship, What a Joy Divine. Now let us charge one another. Go out to the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all people. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.